Welcome back, everyone, to Highlighted and All Sports Culture Podcast. Just Sam and myself, Kurt, today. I know the last couple podcasts, I have not been present for those. Um, I know that the uh, those podcasts have had the worst views, and that's no surprise. Whoa, because, whoa, 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 whoa. Because, whoa there. You know, the best guy on the pod's not there. I can assure you guys that's not for long. I'm back. I know you guys were crying every day with me gone. He but almost here. missed another episode, guys. He almost did, missed it. But, but everyone, listen. Tomorrow, I'm going to be at Duke for their – I don't know what it's called. Like it's like midnight. It's like something madness. It's like the Duke like pregame season thing that they do. I'll be there. Know. So that's a valid excuse. I'm gonna, you know, to be supporting the Blue Devils, even though I'm not even a Blue Devils fan. But hey, guys, I also know that you guys are excited for my um March Madness videos to come out soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> <laughs> I will be doing a um like a season preview on college basketball. Oh, okay, okay. So you guys stay tuned for that, you know, a little sneak peek of what's coming. But speaking okay. of basketball, we got NBA predictions. When does the season kick off? Next Tuesday? Tuesday, yes. Yes. Uh, Sam won't be there. He's too busy. Uh gonna be at the ring ceremony in the banner night at Milwaukee. Of course. He's gonna have, he's gonna have too much fun with the Bucks and Six. Um, but the I'll best be, the best pod we ever did was the box winning the title pod. Like it, that was that was a good one. That was it was a great one. one. I, I a, wish we I wish we were doing the pod when the when the Nats and the Caps won that one year. I I know. Yeah. Yeah, a little before our time though. Um, but yeah, it was Sully will never had a pod like that. Let's just uh, be real. He won't. And it was funny because like the whole pod was kind of like, all right, Bucks won. Let's kick it over to Sam. <laughs> That's what he's got to say. <laughs> Um, but no, we got NBA predictions today. How it works is we're going to go through one through eight seats on both sides, East and West. Once we kind of discuss where we think those teams are going to be placed, we'll give our conference finals, NBA finals, and who we think is going to win it all predictions. And then we'll go to some awards with MVP, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, coach of the year, sixth man, and most improved. All these predictions coming to you. And, you know, I was talking to someone about this a little bit ago. We're entering the prime stage of sports right now. We got NBA kicking off, NFL is in full swing, golf still happening, MLBs at World Series. Um, just NHL something. just started. NHL just started. Anything you could think is happening right now. And it's awesome. I love it. I know all sports culture loves it as we cover all sports here. But, you know, just finished with the MLB playoff predictions and now we're going to be doing nba season predictions so kind of throwing it all out there obviously we'll keep doing our takeaway tuesday but let's get right into this episode Do you want to start with eight seed i'm guessing and work our way up did you want to do uh, a specific conference first or did you want to switch between the two of them we can switch between i think if you're okay with that would that be a little hard to follow i don't really mind what we do it's we'll, your call we'll- We'll, we'll do, yeah, we'll do one. I, you know, right. the, pe- the people listening might get a little confused. All right. So let's start with the East, I guess. Okay. So at the eight seed, I have the Indiana Pacers. Uh, pretty simply put, the Pacers 
are exactly the same roster essentially, but they massively improved that head coach. And they went from Nate Bjorken, who was an absolute disaster, swapped him for Rick Carlisle, who's arguably one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's going to be a massive upgrade for them. I think they'll easily get back to being a playoff team like they usually were under Nate McMillan. And uh, they'll get back to form pretty easily. But the East is a lot better than people make it out to be. Like, you could argue it's stronger than the West this year, and I would not deny that. Like, the top end of it. I agree. Um, definitely. And I, I think it's for, you know, as we go through these predictions, at least for me, there are definitely teams in the East I wanted to put in. Mm-hmm. The Wizards. I couldn't. <laughs> um, but obviously, and Indiana is one of them. I did not include Indiana. I wanted to, but I think that the eight teams I listed were all better. Um, but my eighth seed is the Chicago Bulls. Um, they definitely could go higher on this list, but I think for Chicago, obviously, you look at who they've added. They've added a lot of pieces on this team. Um, they obviously they should be a really good team with Lonzo, DeRozan, Levine, Vucevic, like, and you know, I can go down the line, and they obviously have a star-studded roster, but we kind of looked back at last year when we were discussing this Bulls team and it was kind of in the same sense, I felt like, especially after they made the trade for Vucevic, um, you know, we thought that those expectations would be a little bit higher. Um, so kind of going into the season, as we you know thought last year, they were going to be a team that contends in the back end of the season. We really didn't see that. Um, not to say I don't think they have the capability of contending this year. It's just the teams I have above them kind of already proved that they can make the playoffs and a team that's kind of coming on their first year of being like this, I don't want to say star studded team, but definitely have a lot of key guys who Chicago hasn't been used to seeing this sort of roster since the D Rose days. So, you know, mm-hmm. Chicago definitely could be good, but I'm going to stick with the eighth seed here with the, um, you know, expectation that, or I guess the uh, uh, chance that they definitely could be higher in the East. Yeah, no, I, I totally see that. But, you know, I just realized while you were talking. What's that? I completely forgot about a team. Oh, okay. And I'll say where I would slot them in once we get there. Okay. Okay. So at number seven, I have the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think the Celtics are pretty much the exact same the same team that they were last year. Uh, it's just a different coach. Brad Stevens turned into the general manager, and they hired Ime Adoka as their new head coach, who was on the net staff. He was a Spurs guy. Um, great coach. He's a very player-centric coach. But my thing is with this Boston team is that they've got really top-end talent with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and, I mean, Al Horford's back. He's still pretty decent. Uh, but after those guys, like they have just crap on their bench and their depth. I mean, they added, uh, well, they extended Time Lord, and I'm a big Time Lord guy, but like they added like Josh Richardson, Chris Dunn, Dennis Schroeder. I forgot he's on that team. Uh, it's like Dennis a one Cantor. year, five million deal or something. It's kind of. Yeah, Whatever. when he could have gotten uh, when he could have gotten eighty mil from the Lakers, but turned that down because he thought he was worth a hundred. Weird. Look how that's worked out. But Boston, I kind of view in the same light as last year. I think they're in for a semi-disappointing season yet again. Um, 
that's really all I have to say about them. I think there's just a lot of teams in the East that are better. Yeah, I also have the Boston Celtics as the seventh seed. Um, any team with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you got to expect to make some sort of noise, even if that's in the West. Jason Tatum, I think, has top five potential. He just talked about how he wants to get to that point. And as the years have gone by, he's obviously proved that he can belong in that conversation when the days go on. Um, but like you said, they really didn't do any massive things to improve this team. They kind of just shipped at the deadline. Obviously, Fournier um, is gone from this team. And then obviously, you know, there's other moves that this team has made, uh, getting rid of Kemba Walker. And that really didn't work out as well. They moved on from Tristan Thompson, you know, small guys like Taco, Tremont, and Carson Edwards. Those young guys are all gone. But Boston, I don't know if this is necessarily like a disappointing year because I don't think that a lot of people expect them to make a lot of noise in the East, especially with the new head coach. And I look back on the whole Brad Stevens situation, and it was very bizarre looking back at it because obviously, you know, at the end of the 20 – um not last season, but the year before, everyone was like, oh, this, you know, Brad Stevens is great, um, blah, blah, blah. Then you go to next, last year, and it kind of just didn't work out, and everyone was so quick to just blame him and kind of point everything on him. And then eventually, you didn't think it'd get to the point where he has to step down and go to more of a basketball operations job. And it was weird because, you know, you read the reports on The Athletic and everything, and the players really didn't like Stevens, and they didn't trust him at all. And as a guy who loves what he did at Butler, and even in his early stages at Boston, he was arguably an elite head coach, just kind of transformed so quickly and go downhill is all so bizarre to me. But like you said, it doesn't really matter now. He made moves as a GM and as that basketball operations man, trading away Kemba Walker, and then obviously Kemba Walker, they trade him yeah. to Thunder, but then he's obviously ultimately ending up on New York now. So that's a whole thing, but at least he made a big move. You know, obviously Celtics fans were, you know, upset in the past about their lack of moves at the front office stage. But um, I don't think that it's going to be too big of a year for Boston. I kind of think it's going to be bottom end of the uh, playoffs for them. But like I said, when you have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they are, I mean, both of them arguably can put up to combined what, like 80 points in like in a night. And it's like, come on. I mean, I don't want to be that guy and uh, toot my own horn, but I remember when you and me were making the top 50 list, uh, by the way, guys don't watch that video. It's a terrible list. Um, I remember when we were making it together that we had an argument over Jalen Brown or Kemba Walker. And I was on the Jalen Brown side. And I'm like, Jalen Brown is so easily better than Kemba. And you're like, no, it's Kemba. Ah, well, it one seems- got traded for Al Horford and one right. was an all-star. They, I mean, to, and to be fair, though, they definitely were, at that time, very similar, I thought, on talent. It kind of could go either way, what you valued. I, I mean, that was a bad take, but we move in with <laughs> You even outsourced for that take. <laughs> I got a Celtics fan, and he told me it was Kemba, but – what do Celtics fans know? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. All right. At number six, I have the Chicago Bulls. Uh, I think this team significantly improved this offseason. Uh, down the stretch last season, they lost Zach Levine, which basically took them out of the playoff race. 
But Zach Levine obviously was having an all-star season. Like he was great last year. And they went out and uh, traded for Nikola Vucevic, who's one of the best offensive centers in the league. Actually, I'm kind of emphasizing being hyperbole there, but he's still a great player. And then obviously when you add Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan, that's just going to make your lineup flexibility and player caliber just that much better. I still think that um, what's their coach name? He was the Thunder. Billy Donovan is still a good coach. I don't think he's an elite coach by any means, but he definitely is a strong enough coach to get you into the playoffs and give you a decent run for your money against any team. And Anything of this sort. I, I just really like what Chicago did this offseason. I think their bench is still pretty good. Um, they just got to, you know, iron out some of those weak points. If, like, Patrick Williams, who is their first their first round pick from last year, their fourth overall pick, if he can take that next step, jeez, that starting five is really nice looking at it. Um, but... Yeah, I have them as a six seed. I could see them finishing as high as the three seed if everything goes right, but I'm going to play a little bit safe here. They should make the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, I mean, they might be a play-in team. Let's not forget the play-in is here to stay, thankfully. And, uh, yeah, I got the Bulls at six. All right. So even though I've already talked about the Bulls, I have as my sixth seed the Philadelphia 76ers. The Ooh. 76ers easily could be higher on this list, but there's obviously a big drama-filled situation going on in Philadelphia, and that's with Ben Simmons. All signs kind of point right now to where he might be rejoining the team. He obviously got the COVID test, um, and it looks like signs, and I think Rich Paul said something that you know, he maybe is open to going back with Philadelphia. But I just think that everything that happened this offseason, you really can't ignore from that standpoint because you look at Philadelphia, they really did not do any moves except sign drumming. I can't think of any off the top of my head that they did. It's really the same exact roster. I know they lost Howard and replaced it with Drummond, so it's almost just you're flipping the two big mans. But other than that, I know they re-signed Danny Green, and I can't think of any other moves off the top of my head. Um, um, they lost it, George Hill. It's, <laughs> the, it's about the, it. I mean, the point still remains. It's pretty much the same roster. So obviously, we saw what Philadelphia was last year, being the one seed. But I just still with this Philadelphia team. I really think that they're going to struggle because of what we've seen with Simmons. And it's not even come trade deadline time. If they lose Simmons, I know everyone wants to joke about Simmons. This team gets massively worse with him not on the roster. I don't care kind of what you get in return because you're expecting in return multiple first-round picks. You're expecting key players, but it's nothing to the equivalence level on Ben Simmons for a straight-up trade unless you want to go down the Kyrie route, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but in that regard, it's kind of the situation of, I think they can massively get worse. And I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to be on this team for the whole year. If you would ask me a couple weeks ago, I don't even think he would have been on the team come start of the season, but I think as things go on, we're going to see him in a Sixers Jersey, but everything just kind of seems weird with Philadelphia. And like I said, maybe I'm overreacting on this because the roster still is very good. They obviously have Joel Embiid, who was an MVP candidate last year. And with Doc Rivers at the helm, they're obviously going to be in very good regular season squad. But 
I, I'm just looking at the Simmons situation and it kind of just felt like it was a distraction. And I was listening to, um, you know, the Barstool Bench Mob pod with college basketball. And I know this two sports are very different, college basketball and NBA, but distractions matter in both things. And they were talking about Duke and they were like, Duke on paper looks like a national contender team, but does the distraction of Coach K's like final year? I mean, the media is going to make that a huge deal. How are those freshman guys who are coming into the year? Obviously, they bring in so many freshmen. It's like, how are they going to react to that? I kind of look at it with Philadelphia. Ben Simmons didn't want to associate with any single person on Philadelphia for the whole offseason. And you're expecting him to come in a couple of days before the season starts. I just don't think all that's going to mesh well. And especially with what we heard right after the season with Simmons and the situation in Philadelphia, I don't think it can get restored to 100% to where I'm very confident of putting them as a high seed. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. And I'm right there with you because I have them at the five seed. Uh, Philadelphia, their season hinges on what they get back for Ben Simmons. That, that's basically what it's boiling down to because this team without him, like you said, is worse. It, it's just simply worse. Like a lot of people were memeing him during the playoffs for a good reason. But let's not forget this team dominated the regular season last year with him. And that was with Joel having a lot of injury concerns, like throughout the year he got hurt, which essentially took him out of the MVP race, which allowed Jokic to just become the clear favorite. And Joel Embiid was unbelievable last year. And while he was out, Ben Simmons picked up a slack. It was really freaking good. This team, whatever you get for Simmons, whether it's Bleak Beasley and, picks um i don't know i really haven't thought about ben simmons trade packages because you're not going to get what he's worth exactly and like you go on bleacher report because you're trying to get some sort of like representation on what it could be but then they'll be like it'll either be like a first rounder and like a bench player for him or then it's like five first rounders like you can't find a good balance in it so yeah and that's the thing like i have no idea because Philadelphia, the initial report was what they wanted four first rounders for him, something and like swaps. that. Right. Like, I, and Philadelphia's got to think you're not getting that. But at what point are they going to drop down and budge to what teams are asking for? Because teams are obviously, I mean, this is common sense, but they're going to try and get the least amount of value out of Simmons as they can. Where's Philadelphia going to kind of find that perfect balance where they're not overreacting, but they also just don't ship this guy away because. Like I said, I know I think I brought it up on this podcast, but like just I think it was two seasons ago. We were it was like really early in the pod. We were both praising Ben Simmons and talking about how he's going to be on the first team all defense. He's an exceptionally great player besides the shooting. Like he's still a great. He's still a great player. And I don't want people to overreact about that. So it's, it's what you it's what Philly thinks is the perfect value for him. All right. I have a question for you before we move on to your five seed. What is it? Um, is he traded by the trade deadline? I, I think so. I have no I, idea. That's what the thing. For, I could easily see him going back into the squad and it just working. I mean, it worked the last year, but I could yeah. easily see it to where like, I, I don't think people understand like, 
a guy who literally said he's never at all costs going to go back to Philadelphia goes back two days, three days before the season starts. Like that is shitty. That is really shitty. And like, I just don't think that's going to like roll over well. And obviously we look at like the inner problems with Boston last year. I mean, can you only imagine what Philly's going to look like? Yeah, exactly. Like teams that have major drama are teams that suffer because of it. I mean, we see it in the NFL all the time. We see it in the NBA all the time. If you have real problems, I mean, if, if Ben Simmons isn't there and you know, Joel Embiid is not going to play a full season. It's just not going to happen. He, his body just doesn't allow him to do that. You're going to lose games in that situation. And then you have Tobias Harris as your best player in those games. If Ben Simmons isn't there. So that's going to keep Philly further down in the standings, but if Ben Simmons is back and he's playing for them. I think they'd be a higher seed because doc rivers is a good regular season coach playoffs is another story, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to say this. I think I know who your five seed's going to be. I'm just going to say the Knicks would have been here had I known that the Knicks were a basketball team and I completely forgot about them. My five seed is the New York Knicks. I called it. I <laughs> knew it was going to be the Knicks. I knew it. And I now uh, everyone just imagine that the Knicks were slotted in five and everyone else just got knocked down one. I, uh, I knew you were going to be around here too. So I waited to talk about that. Um, if you listened to the podcast last season, you knew we were like the Nick fanboy podcast 2.0. We loved everything about the Knicks. We loved Thibs. We loved how they covered every spread. We loved that they were just a fun basketball team that actually brought excitement back to Mecca. It was just an incredible year. And I don't really care that they lost in five games in the playoffs because what I watched in that regular season from Julius Randle and what I watched from Derek Rose, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and you didn't have to be a Knicks fan to root for them. I mean, we all agreed last year, the NBA is better with the Knicks being good and they're good now. And that's because Tom Thibodeau is their head coach and he won coach of the year last year. Um, he easily, if he brings this Knicks team to a top two or three seed could win it again, but the Knicks made a lot of sneaky moves this off season. And I know a lot of you are going to overreact on the, uh, Kemba Walker signing and you guys don't think it's going to work out, but I'm telling you that was like, I liked it. I actually think that Kemba being on this team is what they needed, but also I look at who they drafted Quentin Grimes, who was an unbelievable talent um, with Houston last year was the best player on that final four squad. Miles McBride, you know, they had brought in some sneaky guys and, this Knicks team obviously didn't lose a lot of talent as well. They bring back Julius Randle, who's going to be the team MVP. RJ Barrett, are we expecting him to be the X factor of this team? I think a lot of people are expecting this Knicks team to maybe struggle a little bit because of what we saw from Randle in the postseason, but I, I'm not too worried about this team. I think the Knicks are going to be again in that same spot as they were last year. I'm hoping they go on some sort of run like they won whatever amount of games it was, like 13, 14 games in a row last year. 
I mean, that was insane to watch. And this Knicks team, there's no reason for me to believe they're going to get worse unless, like I said, I think Randall takes a huge step back. But I think it's almost like a perfect fit with Thib. And that's like we discussed last year and last year on the podcast. It's not going to just evaporate and change. It's going to still be intact this season. Knicks are going to be great. I, I mean, I love the team. So going to stick with them at that five seed as they finished last year. Or they finished as the four seed last year. Uh, Hawks were the five seed. But, yeah, I mean, one seed worse, but it's going to be around the same win totals last year. Knicks are awesome, man. They're literally the same team as last year, just with Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker. And for those of you who, like you said, are criticizing Kemba Walker's signing, um, do you guys remember who their starting point guard was last year? Do, do you all remember? Yeah. It was Alfred fucking Payton. Alfred Payton. I love how, like, Tibbs just did not give a fuck in that playoff game and played him for what, like four minutes? And then was like, <laughs> all right, Derek, you're in the whole time now. I mean, as he should. I mean, Derek Rose is just a much better player as compared Shout to Shout out Alfred D. Rose. Payton. He also got engaged. That is, he's yeah. catching dubs off and on the court. On the court. He, he proposed on the court. Yeah. So that was pretty That's, cool. All right. Um, so your five seed was the, Sixers, the Knicks, but it's technically but, the Knicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. All right. Four seed. Would you like to? Yes. I have the Miami Heat. Okay. Uh, Miami Heat are really looking good. Uh, they added Kyle Lowry this offseason, uh, whether it was tampering or not. Uh, it definitely was, uh, but they also brought back Duncan Robinson. Jimmy Butler <laughs> is still a beast and Bam Adebayo still there. But my, where my main concern comes with this team is their bench. Their bench is terrible. Like if you look at it, like, I mean, you got Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero. After that, you got nothing really. I mean, you have like PJ Tucker and I love PJ Tucker with all my heart, uh, but he is not a regular season player. Let me make that straight. He is a 16-game player. That's who he is. He embraces that aspect. So he's not going to do anything for you during the regular season. So obviously that's going to knock you down in the standings. They also added um, Markeith Morris, who's a solid player. But, like, their backup, like, point guard. They still have uh, – what's his name? Their backup center. Oh, what's his name? I don't remember. But he played a lot in the Bucks series. And he got killed by Giannis literally every other play. Um, but I got to rub that into the Heat fans all the time. But when it comes to the playoffs, this team is a lot more threatening because they'll tighten that rotation, make that rotation even more deadly. But these are a lot of old guys. Let me, let me just make that clear. This is South Beach retirement old guy squad right here. And they are a really talented team. And you can honestly make the case that by season's end, Bam Adebayo is considered their best player. I wouldn't deny it, uh, but Jimmy is still a beast, obviously. But Jimmy had a Jimmy and Bam had a brutal playoffs this past year. But we will see. I still think they're going to be a really good team. Any team coached by Eric Spolstra is going to be good, um, or at least solid. But uh, just based on the fact that these guys are trying to save themselves up, they know what they're playing for. They're not going to go super hard. Um, so that's why I have them at the four seed, but they are a team 
that you don't want to face in a playoff series. Yeah, I love the Heat. We'll get into them as I go on. But as the four seed, I have the Atlanta Hawks. Um, definitely think the Hawks can finish a little higher. I mean, they had a great, unbelievable end to the season. Um, but this Hawks team, I mean, I'm kind of feeling the same as I did last year. I'm not really expecting a lot more from them this season than what they produced last year. I think it's going to be a situation where they could get a top two seed maybe. I think the three or four range is kind of what we're looking at here. But I think they're going to really dominate in the playoffs as they did last year. Um, Trey Young obviously is going to be their team's MVP, and there's no surprise there. But what's so fascinating about this Hawks team is they have the 13th best odds to win the NBA Finals. So I don't really know what Vegas is thinking because if you put them around the sixth, seventh place, I can be in complete agreeance. But 13th, I mean, I'm loving those odds, especially if I'm thinking they're going to go on some sort of run to in the playoffs. But you know, the Hawks, I'm really not expecting, you know, a lot more, a lot less than last year. It's going to kind of be the same. Nate McMillan did an unbelievable job with his team last year stepping in, and I'm expecting the same to happen this year. Um, not much really to expect of this Hawks team that you didn't see last year beating that Sixers team um, in game seven. And we'll talk about a certain someone who I'm super high on as we get into our awards, but Ooh. Yeah. It's it's not what you're thinking though. It's not what you're thinking. But I think I know who I who it's going to be, but we'll see. But Hawks, I, I feel like me searching for reasons to love this team is just gonna be reiterating what we already know about this team. And that's I feel like a lot of the same for these teams that we've discussed, like the Sixers, the Pacers. It's a lot of what we know going into the season because of what happened last year. And then you have Chicago is going to be so different, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, Totally agree. I'll get to the Hawks when I get to the Hawks, but uh, I'm not going to get to the Hawks right now. Actually, Uh, I'm saving them for a bit. My three seed is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't overreact. This team is the title favorite. They are absolutely the title favorite. I think if Kyrie Irving is playing for this team, they are 100% the favorite to win the title. No question. But Kyrie Irving is refusing to play, essentially. Uh, He's got his own beliefs. We won't get into that. But he should be playing basketball. That's all we're going to say. Kyrie is not going to be playing at least half of the regular season games at home. So how do you counteract that? Well, you have James Harden and Kevin Durant, but I want to bring this up. Kevin Durant and James Harden just went through that playoff series against the Bucks, And I think they learned a very valuable lesson last season with this team. These are all around 30 year old star players that are all going to be a part of a super team. This team is going to load manage the hell out of these guys, I believe. I mean, after seeing if, if Kyrie's not going to play, I think they're going to conserve Harden and Kevin Durant as much as they can in order to preserve them because they're not going to care about the regular season at all because they know that they're the best team in the NBA. 
they know that if Kyrie's playing, they know they're the best team in the NBA. I mean, they nearly beat the Bucks, the NBA champions, with essentially just Kevin Durant and half of James Harden. They almost did it. So I just think that this team is not going to give as much of a damn at the regular season. They're going to conserve their players. And it really just hinges on the fact of if Kyrie Irving comes back or not for the whole season. I don't think he will. I think he'll come back closer to the playoffs, but that's just me. But for the regular season, I have them finishing as the three seed because they know who they are. They're not afraid of anyone in the league as they shouldn't. And uh, honestly, not getting home court in the playoffs wouldn't be the worst thing for them. Let's be honest. But uh, what do you think, Kurt? I also have the Nets as the three seed, and I'm not going to go too much into detail because I think you hit it right on the right on the head. I mean, you look at what happened in the playoffs with obviously the injuries to Kyrie. You look at the injury to Harden, and they're basically threw Ky- um, Harden out there in those last couple of days and said, "All right, let's create some space." Look like you're doing something, but if it's any other series, he's not playing because he's injured. So it's essentially, like you said, Kevin Durant, who's the best player in the world and almost single-handedly led that team to a, um, a conference finals and then obviously NBA finals is probably what would happen. But I agree. I think they're going to load manage. We saw after Toronto won the NBA finals with Kawhi that you can win a championship load managing your players. I mean, Kawhi played in what? 55 out of those 82 games and yeah they won the finals i mean he was ready to go come finals time played every minute and every second of every game and it paid off they won in six games so you know it just shows that you can win load managing um and i think brooklyn's going to go down that same route and i'm worried like you said about Kyrie because we all want him to play basketball because he's an exceptionally talented player and he's choosing not to take the vaccine. And obviously New York has that mandate where you have to be vaccinated Mm. in order to play for them. So he's probably going to be playing in away games. And like you said, that's why they wouldn't mind having an away seed. Um, (laughs) But, um, but, you know, Kyrie obviously goes on his live and he was talking about how he doesn't want to retire. And I don't think he's going to retire. And I, I still believe he will be playing basketball for the Nets this year. I don't, and I don't know if that's through something gets worked out. I don't know if he gets the vaccine. I really don't know how it works, but I think he's going to be playing basketball for the Nets this year. um, And something's going to get resolved because like you said, with those guys playing playoff time, I don't think there's any team that can beat them. And, you know, even though I have them as the three seed, I'm factoring in, Kyrie not playing, load managing, all of that. But even with James Harden and Kevin Durant playing 60, 70% of your games, you're going to be great. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. So we, that's why I'm still having them as a three seed. Um, and I know everyone likes to bash on Steve Nash, but he doesn't have to really do anything. He just has to really send them out and they'll get the job done. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie's probably just going to wait out that mandate. And I mean, whatever he feels he should do, he'll do. And let's just leave it at that. I mean, he might get it eventually. He's apparently not anti-vax and he's like doing this to like make a statement. Whatever he feels is right. It's his choice. 
But uh, yeah, we'll see if that mandate ever goes away. Moving on. Number two seat. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm going to end the speculation right here. I have the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, man, this team is the definition of F-U-N. Let, let's just be real here. I think this is going to be this season's darling team. Uh, just everyone's going to fall in love with the Atlanta Hawks. Are we, we going to, you know, I think at the end of the year, I want to do a darling team award. Last year, went to the Knicks. You know, mm-hmm. candidates this year, Knicks first two straight champion. We got the Hawks up. We got some teams in the West we'll talk about. It's an yeah. exceptional award presented by ASC. Yes, yes. But uh, as for the Hawks, I mean, this is basically the same team as last year. But last year, they had a brutal start with Lloyd Pierce. And once Nate McMillan took over, holy shit, this team hit the ground running and never looked back. They only looked back at one point in the season, which was the conference finals when they went up against the NBA champions. And that was about it. And Trey Young got hurt in that series. So that even makes it even more up in the air of how good this team actually is. I mean, Clint Capella is a beast. John Collins is a beast. Kevin Herter is a freaking three-point specialist, sharpshooting god. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Trey Young obviously is an animal. I'll get more into Trey Young later on in the podcast. Um, but this team is amazing. I, I really like what they've got going. I think they're going to try their hearts out in the regular season and give themselves as much of an advantage for the postseason as they can. And they're going to need it because they're a younger squad. And that younger squad made it to the conference finals last year, which is extremely impressive when you take into account they had to beat the team that plays in the garden and also the team that was the number one seed crazy when you think about it with this team, but I digress. I just really like this Hawks team. I think they're going to outperform uh, like Brooklyn and Miami in the regular season in the playoffs. Probably not. We'll have to see, uh, but that's kind of my stance on the Hawks. They're a fun squad. Love the Hawks. I know I've said this probably billion times in the pod but I just everything about Trey Young's performance last year against the Knicks was just awesome like he didn't have one single bad game he loved every single New York fan hating him and he showed up every game like how can you not respect the hell out of that anyway though I have as my two seat the Miami Heat. Um, Miami Heat are going to be awesome. I mean, obviously, we talk about adding Kyle Lowry to an already, I thought, good, really, really good team, a team that made the finals. It's crazy to think it was literally just a year ago that the 2020 finals was. Um, I mean, feels crazy. like an eternity. It does. <laughs> um, so just a year ago, they were in the finals, even though it was technically two years ago. Um, and they, I mean, they challenged the Lakers. I mean, I know it only won six games, but you look at game five and Jimmy Butler's like about to pass out because he's just giving it his all. And like you said, Jimmy Butler did not have the best of um, playoff performances, but if you look at even early on in that regular season, he was probably having the best season of his career. He was unbelievable. Um, So everything about Jimmy Butler, even though I thought he was a 
you know, like we said, bad in the playoffs. I thought he was great last year. Bam, obviously, people in Miami fans are loving him more and more. And you bring in Lowry. This is a great squad. And more why I love the squad is because Spolstra is just, I mean, he's great. He's going to continually be um, a top whatever coach in the league. And, you know, I'm at the highest expectations for what he's going to bring to this Heat team. I think they're going to do great in the regular season. I'm expecting a I'm expecting a run in the playoffs. This Heat team is just going to be back to what they were in 2020 in the playoffs. They're going to be a great team. And instead of us just saying Bucks, we know that's our one seed. So we can both talk about this. What do you mean, bro? I got the Wizards. Good. I, you should. I will say, <laughs> um, Wizards can be really bad this year, and it's going to be really sad <laughs> to watch. Like, like the only thing I'm excited for is I want to see something from Wes Unsell Jr., who I wanted as the coach. If he just shows something as a coach, I'm happy. I'm I, We're not making the playoffs. Like, I don't even have any hope for that. I just know it's not happening. But your team is going to make the playoffs, and they're coming off the NBA Finals. I'm going to go quick and give you the floor uh, to end the segment, but really quickly – no reason for me not to believe this team isn't going to be the one seed. They just won the finals. They bring back everyone. This Bucks team was really good last year, and they were really good in the playoffs with Giannis bringing a 50-burger, getting a 50-count nugget or whatever it was, chicken mini, I don't even know what it was, the next day at Chick-fil-A. Giannis is awesome. Um, and, I mean. You like see his I, jumper yesterday? I did, and it's. Oh. I, I saw um, on Twitter it was like me stu- it was like me stunned on these hoes when Giannis like formed a better <laughs> jump shot than he did, and it was kind of funny. But um, yeah, this this Bucks team is going to be great. Um, and you know, obviously the narrative was Giannis can't comp- perform in the playoffs, and he said "fuck you" to every single person out there, and he had one of the most unbelievable playoff performances I've seen in my life. Um, yeah. There's not, I mean, I don't think I missed anything. If you're a finals contender, if you're a finals champion, guess what, guys? You might be a contender next year. <laughs> Unless you well, ship everyone away like the 98 Bulls, but that's not happening. That's the Packers' job. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to them in the spring. Yeah. Um, but with the Bucks, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm the one that's known here for rambling on about the Bucks all the time because that's my team. That's my darling team. Um, but I'm just going to say this, their play in the playoffs spoke for itself. They won the championship. Everyone knows they're going to be good. They've been good the past three years. Giannis has been otherworldly in the past year. And I think he still has so much room for improvement, which is crazy to think about for a player that's in contention for being the best player in the world even though we both believe it's Kevin Durant, like he can still be that much better. Like if he, if he gets in just a lick of sniffing an average jump shot, he's the best player in the world. I'm not even going to like just argue that he just is. He is the most complete, almost arguably the most complete player in the world. And I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm just being serious because what he does is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, like this Bucks team, yeah, it's essentially the same team as last year, but they lost PJ Tucker, which is going to suck come playoffs. 
Uh, but regular season wise, that won't be that big of a note, but uh, I will say their bench definitely improved though, because in the playoffs, their bench was Bobby Portis and Jeff Teague and Pat Connaughton and Jeff Teague was useless. And uh, now this year they brought in, you know, uh, Grayson Allen, Dante DiVincenzo's back, Semi Ojale, Rodney Hood. They've got rookies that are stepping up. Like this team is definitely deeper than it was last year, but we'll see how they perform in the playoffs. And uh, Chris Middleton still is a stud. Drew Holiday still is a stud. Let's get it going. Bucks and six, baby, all the way. Uh, I'm definitely going to predict Bucks and six for every single playoff series next year as well, uh, like I did this year. And uh, it's going to work out just the exact same way. Good man. Good man. Uh, shall we move on to the West side of things? I will ask really quick, who are your two uh, playing teams? Oh, uh, I, I did not even think about that. Probably the Pacers and the Pacers and the Hornets. Okay. How about well, you? Well, you already know one of mine. It's Pacers and Raptors. Okay. Cool. Pretty. I think them being back in Toronto is going to be huge for them, but they That's lost fine. Kyle Lowry. That sucks. All right, West. You want to start us off with the eight seed? Sure. Uh, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm probably lowest on him between the two of us. And I know Luca's insane, but this team is exactly the exact same as it was last year. They just added Reggie Bullock and got rid of Josh Richardson. And I'm just going to say it flat out. I've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast, but Jason Kidd is a shitty head coach. He is not good. He is bad. He is terrible. He, he thinks his defensive scheme is the greatest thing ever. It gets fixed. It gets found out within a couple months. And I already saw a chart this week about the difference in three point rate between a team from last year and their metrics from this year. The Mavericks dropped the most in three point rate from last year to this year out of every team in the NBA. And it's a massive drop off. Um, and when you look at this roster, you want these guys shooting threes and they're going to just be taking ugly offensive shots. I mean, Luca obviously is the one you want doing that, but I just don't, I think Jason Kidd holds this team down. This roster was elevated a lot by Luca's talent and Rick Carlisle's coaching. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't know. There's, I still have them making the playoffs barely because of Luca, but just I'm a certified Jason Kidd hater. I will say that I wanted him fired for so many years in Milwaukee. And it took way too long. We'll see how long he lasts in Dallas. Prove me wrong, kid. Probably won't. Prove you wrong, Jason Kid. Prove Samuel wrong. It's not I, gonna happen. I, as my eighth seed, have the Memphis Grizzlies, and I want to put them higher. And by higher, I mean like maybe a seed or two, but Memphis Grizzlies with the eight seeds where I'm gonna be right now. 
John Morant is obviously in for a huge season, and we've talked about how much we love the way they've rebuilt it. We've talked about how their young core, John Morant, Triple J, Dylan Brooks, seems to be one of the best young pieces in the league. Um, and then obviously they had that big trade where they moved Valanciunas, um, and then, you know, they move up because Zaire Williams. So they've made moves this offseason, as we've seen, but – this Grizzlies team, I still think, is young and obviously in a loaded West. I'm not expecting high expectations for them. I'm kind of just thinking they'll be at the bottom pack as they were last year. I think they got the nine seed last year and defeated the uh, Warriors in the playing game. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So that's how they got to on that spot. But Memphis obviously showcased a little bit in the playoffs even though they didn't go, go for, at least we saw some sort of fight out of them and job was incredible. So expecting kind of the same thing. I think they will be a little bit better, maybe get a game or two better, but I mean, that's not like anything drastic from this team. Yeah. I, for Memphis, for me, it's, they made a lot of moves where they took a step back with them. Um, I think the Jonas Valanciunas trade was a big one in that. And they did the one with um, uh, Clippers to kind of, they were doing a lot of trades where they knew where they were at. So they decided to gain up on assets because they realized that they weren't going to contend. And that's kind of how I feel. I think they're going to be a playing team, Um, but that's my feeling on that. Uh, Seven seed. I have the Portland trailblazers. Uh, reason being is Damian Lillard is absolutely insane. That's it. I'm not saying anything else. That, that's that's literally all I'm going to say. It's the exact same Blazers thing. They're always really good because Damian Lillard is a beast and they always make the playoffs. They're either a two seed or they're like a seven seed. There is no in between for the Blazers. That's how they operate. And there's already murmurs this past offseason that Dame might want out. We'll see how that affects the season. But that's all I'm going to say on the Blazers because this team is the same thing over and over and over again. And I cannot believe that freaking Neil O'Shea did no moves this offseason other than trading for Larry Nance Jr., which was a good pickup. I will give him that. But they literally did nothing else. and. I don't know what they expect to come from this. And then they had the whole Chauncey Billups hiring fiasco. Yeah. Uh, it's just the Blazers. They're good. They're going to be fine. But once they get to playoffs, they're probably going to get swept by someone. Yeah. Um, I don't even have him in my playoffs. I think. Really? Portland's, I think Portland's a mess. I think Dame could easily get traded by the deadline, but. We'll see. Ooh, deadline. We'll see. I, th- I mean, I could expect – I think it's going to be, like, a really slow start. Those, like, mock trades come out and, like, you don't know <laughs> if it's happening, like, 30 minutes before. We'll see. Seven seat, though, for me, I have the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Dallas, it's weird because I could easily expect this team to be very good because we look at – and maybe this is bad to say – but I really don't think, like, the Doncic-Porzingis thing is as bad as people think. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the media just always trying to cause shit, which, I mean, that's what the media does. But 
I you know Mark Cuban was talking about it. I don't know where he was talking about it, but I saw and he was discussing how the Porzingis Doncic thing is very similar to what it was between Dirk and Jason Terry. At first, they really didn't like each other, but it worked out. I mean, you go to 2011 and you look at what they did being members of the team together, and it worked out. I think it's very blown out of proportion, Porzingis and Doncic. I just think Porzingis, we saw him at New York, was better when he was the primary player on the team. Obviously, it didn't translate to wins, and you're expecting him to be on a very good team, the second guy, but it hasn't really worked out. I think it kind of gets resolved this year. I don't think, like I said, they're going to be that great of a team. They're a playoff team, and the West is loaded, so they're still going to be a good team, but I don't think it's as bad as people say. And my God, how good was Tim Hardaway as, at the end of the last yeah. season? I mean, he's really going to make a name for himself this season, I believe. And the starting five, obviously, consisting of them. Um, and then you have Finney Smith. And then Kleiber, I think, grinds out the uh, starting five. So we'll see what they can do. Um, and with Jason Kidd at the helm, I know that you're not a fan of Jason Kidd. I mean, I don't really have much expectations for him. I wish they kind of went down a different route as the head coach, but I'll give him a shot, see what he can do at, um, in Dallas. And I know a lot of people are um, excited to see what he can do with a true point guard because obviously Jason Kidd's one of the best point guards of all time. See what he can do with Doncic. So maybe he can take his game to a step further, even though I don't know if that's possible, uh, but we'll see. I mean. Uh, I just want to say this. Uh, I will give it two months before we start calling for Jason Kidd's head on a spike. Um, oh, I can't join the spike gang. He's oh. already his. He's already on a spike in my mind. And if we did this podcast in 2017 or 2016, uh, his head would have been on a spike long ago. And I would have convinced you both. To, to get this man's head on a spike and him be the originator of head on a spike. And it's like, it was so far on the spike, nothing yes. could grab it off. It. Yes, yes, yes. And it should, it still should be because yeah, of reasons that we all know about Jason Kidd, a great player as a coach and other things. Ugh, let's just not uh, get into that. Uh, my sixth seed is the LA Clippers. You think that's low? You're muted. Sorry, my bad. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I kind of have them. Uh, I'm not going to say I don't have them. Like, you probably already know what it is now, by what I'm saying. But um, I thought you'd be one no to have the Clippers higher. I thought you'd be the one that's like, oh, everyone's not talking about this Clippers team. They still have Kawhi. They're still going to be a great team. They don't but- have Kawhi, though. I mean, I guess. Look, man, look. What do we know about the Clippers? They love to manage their guys. What do we know about the Clippers? Kawhi Leonard is not on this team for this season. What do we know about the Clippers? They don't give a fuck about the regular season. I just don't think that this team is going to play as hard as they could. I think they're going to squeak into the playoffs, try and play their way at tailoring themselves for the proper seed matchup. And we'll, you'll see the seed matchup that they got. And 
I think they're going to pull that again, where they're going to try and mess with the strings a little bit to get the matchup they wanted. Um, so I have that happening. So that's why they're the six seed. I think they could definitely be a three seed, but they obviously don't care. So that's why I have them as the six seed. I think this team is still really good. It's extremely well coached. I sung Tyler's praises so much throughout the playoffs. He is one of the best coaches in the NBA. He was not just a LeBron gainer because LeBron was his, his player when he won a championship and went to two championships after that. He is so much better than that. He is one of the best. After the first two games of a series, he's the greatest coach of all time. With the first two games of the series, he literally just plays the most basic stuff ever just to get a feel for how the series goes. A series with Ty Lue does not start until game three. That's how I view it. Even if he's down 2-0, it does not start until game three. Um, but that's, that's kind of why I have the Clippers at six. But like I said, I can see them way higher. I have at the six spots, I have the – Golden State Warriors. I think this Warriors team could be a lot higher with the addition of Clay coming back. But let's not act like this Warriors team was good without Clay. I mean, I know that bringing him in really elevates this team and they're going to be a playoff team. And we were expecting them to be a playoff team last year. But then obviously, Curry being out, it was a weird situation. So I'm factoring that in. But at the same time, they're not even close, in my opinion, to what they were when they were in 2017, 2018, uh, when they were winning those finals. They're not a title contender, in my opinion, at any means. They're going to be a good team being the sixth seed, but I really think a lot of people have higher expectations than this team is really going to present to us this season. And like I said, when you have Steph Curry on this team, who a lot of people were hoping would get MVP last season at some points because of what he was doing with such a bad roster – they're going to be great. And Clay Thompson, even in coming after two major injuries, the way he plays doesn't really rely on his athleticism and explosion. So he's not like a John Wall to where that injury is going to affect him massively. I think when you're a catch and shoot and a spot guy at the corner, it's still going to be very productive. Um, but this Warriors team, like I said, they were not good last year. Um, and I think, like I said, even though it was a weird year, I don't have the highest of expectations for this team as some people do. They'll be good, but not as good as others think. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I have them as the five seed. So uh, I'm right there with you. Everything you said was spot on how I feel. Uh, their bench is full of young guys that are inexperienced. Uh, even though we got Darling on the pod, uh, Juan Toscano Anderson, that we are big fans of Scott Anderson is my favorite player in the league for all of you confused Marquette legend Juan Toscano Anderson Marquette legend baby there's only like four of them in the league right now but um I was I love all of them uh, even if Jimmy Butler and Jay Crowder ruined my hopes but we got back at Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler in the same playoff run so it doesn't matter uh but yeah, I, I really have nothing to add about the Warriors. I think Steph Curry will play at an MVP level or close to again this season, and the narrative will be him in his favor. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But, uh, we're going to see Steve Kerr really get tested next playoffs because I'm very confident they'll make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, five seed, I have the Clippers. Um, 
Oh, so why were you overreacting to me? Well, no, I, I, what I was just saying, I thought you, just okay. from what I've known about you, I thought you'd be one to be like, this Clippers team is going under the radar. They're still very, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I, I, well, here's the thing. I, I, I definitely feel that way. Yeah. Uh, but I know how they operate. Yeah. They're going to play the seating. They're, they're a hundred percent going to play the seating for when Kawhi comes back. Yeah. Like that's what's going to happen. And I think that the three to six range for seeding is going to be so close. Um, I don't know if you feel the same, but I think I it's going to be similar to last year where it's going to be so close. The West is just going to be close in general. It's going to be yeah. a fucking insane show. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I'm hundred percent though. Like I said, they could be a three or two seed for all I know, because they're that well coached and they have so many great players. Um, plus Eric Bledsoe, but let's move on to my four seed, which is going to be the Denver Nuggets. This hurts me to talk about because last year, I we all were the Jokic MVP train, all three of us. We were all on it early. We all campaigned it. We were the leader of the train. And then Jamal Murray gets hurt, which sucks. But I, throughout the entire season last year and throughout the playoffs, I was so adamant with this take. The Denver Nuggets – wow, I stuttered while saying it. The Denver Nuggets would win the NBA championship if Jamal Murray was healthy. That was my take, and I still kind of stick by it. And I look at this team right now, and, yeah, they don't have Jamal Murray right now. That's why they're lower down in the seating. That's the only reason why they're the four seed right now is because they're not going to have Jamal Murray until like April or March. If he was healthy, I think they're the one or the two seed. And I think they're the best team in the West. I, I'm just putting that out there. I think they are. Uh, you can say the Lakers. I don't care. I would pick the Nuggets. I think this team is so damn, so well coached. I think Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic are ridiculous. Michael Porter Jr. is awesome and ascending and a lot of people were like criticizing the extension he got the numbers that he put up at his age are so rare at his what he gives you for a contender too for a guy who still has so much room to grow you pay him for what he's going to be in your eyes not for what he is right now essentially um that's how contracts work and then obviously aaron gordon got paid aaron gordon is a seamless fit in this lineup and they still have really good depth. I love the Jeff green signing. I think this team is just really freaking good. Like just in all facets, it sucks that Jamal Murray's out for the whole seed for a majority of the season. That's why they're the four seed. But if he was healthy, I yet again would be campaigning for the nuggets going to the NBA finals again. Yeah, I love the Nuggets. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but not right now because as the four seed, which is going to come a little bit of a surprise, but hold your phone. I have the Phoenix Suns. I love the Suns. You saying the Suns? Saying the Suns, Sam. Interesting. Okay. This Suns team, I just think, takes a little bit of a fall back and I don't necessarily want to get into deep reasoning on it because I don't think there's a lot for it. It's almost just 
I think the three teams above them are going to have good years. And I think that Phoenix is going to get punished a little bit before because of it. I sadly don't think Phoenix gets back to the finals this year, even though I fell in love with this Phoenix team. I fell in love with CP3, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton really stepping up this season. Shout out Jalen Smith to Terps legend, even though he got like two <laughs> minutes. Um, but this Suns team, I just think takes a little bit of a fall back and it's going to like hurt to say, sucks to see, but that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Um, and like I said, it's not really deep reasoning behind it because you look at this Phoenix team, relatively what we've been saying with most teams, it's kind of the same. Um, they didn't really have too many changes to it, in my opinion, unless I'm going completely blank on one. But, you know, it's just it's just kind of a gut feeling, in my opinion. They did add JaVale McGee. That's Olympic huge. gold medal. Hey, 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 it is huge because you saw – how bad their lack of big depth impacted their finals. Yep, Frank Kaminsky was playing better than DeAndre Ayton in the uh, game six, and that was weird. I do want to ask you this. How do you feel about the Suns not wanting to max Ayton? It's weird because, um, you know, in simple terms, Ayton was the reason they got to the finals. I mean, Ayton as the big man was unbelievable, and it's kind of weird that they're just so, like, hesitant to want to get that deal done, especially if – this is the first time Phoenix has made the NBA Finals since 30 years. Yeah. yeah. 1993 or whatever it was. But uh, it's been a while, and they're kind of just, I guess, banking on the idea of wanting to stick with CP3 Booker and have him on that uh, rookie contract, but still kind of weird. I mean, they're probably waiting another year to see if he can keep up this production. Yeah. But we saw last year he got better. Like last year, he was a good player, but the, this previous season, he took that massive step where yeah. he got really great, especially in the playoff run. But some people are just sour from the finals appearance. But I mean, guys, it was against Giannis, probably the hardest player to ever guard in the interior, one of the top five in NBA history. Can you blame him? Yeah. Right. Like, let's be honest here. Uh, let me be honest, uh, <laughs> as one. Kanye would say. No, as Kanye would say, it'd be let 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 me Giannis or whatever the whatever he said. Yeah. All right. Uh, my three seed. I got the Jazz. Uh, I just think, like you said, another case where it's the exact same team. They didn't make a lot of changes. Uh, they're still gonna be good. They're gonna be coached for the regular season. They're gonna be a really good team again. We'll see how they come playoffs. I really have nothing to say about the Jazz. They're the most boring team to talk about because they had such a disappointing playoff exit to the Kawhi-less Clippers. Um, but Donovan Mitchell, they, they weren't – I will give them this. They weren't fully healthy in that playoff appearance. They weren't. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell was banged up, and Mike Conley was banged up for a majority of that series. So let, I, I can give them the benefit of the doubt, but they still should have won that series. They should not have gotten thrown out of the gym like they did in game six. They got absolutely just embarrassed in that game. Right. So that's my take on the Jazz. I got them as a three seed. I have the Denver Nuggets, um, mostly to what you were saying. This Nuggets team is going to be great. 
Uh, hopefully when everyone comes healthy at the back end of the season. Um, Nikola Jokic, I think his MVP season gets a little overlooked by the NBA community, but then again, the NBA community is about filled with a bunch of 13-year-olds who look at stats every day. Um, because Jokic's MVP season last year, people want to make the argument for Embiid. People want to make, want to make the argument for Curry. Jokic's MVP season was fantastic. It was very good. Um, and there's no reason for me not to believe that he's going to put up rel- close to MVP numbers again this season. Um, and this Nuggets team is just filled with a lot of fun guys that I like on this team. And obviously the Nuggets kind of went all in last year. Um, trying to make that push for the NBA Finals. And then we had the bad news with Jamal Murray getting that injury, and that ultimately leads to them not making the uh, NBA Finals and getting to the point where they wanted to. But this Nuggets team, like you said, it's going to probably be a little bit of a slowish start. But as the season goes on, I'm expecting them to be a top three seed in the West. Um, they're going to be loaded, and they're just, they're just great. Yeah. I love me some nuggets. Yeah. Both from Chick-fil-A, from McDonald's. And from Denver. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, if Jamal Murray looks good, Denver the finals. I will die on the hill with that take when it come, when it happens. Uh, so keep on the lookout for April, guys. Uh, number two, I have the Suns. Uh, I think this team will just be really good again. Uh, really not a lot to say about the Suns. They're pretty much the same team. Like you said, you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. Um, I just still think they're going to be good. I, I don't think they'll take a step back. Uh, it really just depends how you view their playoff run last year. If it was, uh, you know, really beneficial because they faced injured Lakers, injured Nuggets and injured Clippers. Um, and if they actually can live up to that, potential again once and then they face the Bucks, obviously and blew that lead I mean really just depends how you view that playoff run but I still think it was a really admirable run and they did they showed a lot of good stuff and Monty Williams is a really good coach so I still think they'll hold up really well in the regular season and get the two seed yeah I mean there's no reason for me not to believe they're not going to be great. Um, I have at the two seed the Utah Jazz. I mean, and there's not really much I want to talk about because you already explained it well. And it's like those four top teams in the West, I feel like are all in a way interchangeable. I think mm-hmm. the Lakers, you kind of have to put at the top end of that. But at the same time, you could really put that in any order and I wouldn't really have a problem with it. I think yep. all four make really good cases for being NBA final contenders. Um, so that's going to be awesome to see for next season. But the Utah Jazz, um, they were the one seed last year in the West. And they were unbelievable winning. I think they went on, what, the 20-game win streak they had in the middle of the season. Um, they are filled with so many elite players on that team. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Rudy Gobert, just defensively one of the be- – I mean, Rudy Gobert is one of the best defensive players of all time. It's – that's not an exaggeration. The guy is incredible. <laughs> Um, and it's just every single year you think he's probably going to win defensive player of the year. And it's a boring pick to say it's like Aaron Donald with defensive player of the year in the NFL, but these guys are just so dominant to where you kind of have to pick them. So, um, that's really my spiel on Utah. They're going to be great. They were great last year. You kind of hope they put it together in the playoffs can, can make the finals. So we'll see. 
One seed, we got both the Lakers. Um, I'll just go quickly, then you can round it off. Lakers are just filled with a bunch of old guys, but those old guys all have cases to want to go all in on the season and win the finals. I mean, they obviously brought in Carmelo Anthony. Anthony Davis gets way disrespected, let me just say. Anthony Davis, I think, is still a top six player, seven player in this league, easily. Mm -hmm. I love Anthony Davis. And, like, so many people are quick to forget. We do. We always talk about this on the pod. We're talking at the end of the 2020 finals. I'm not kidding. We, some people, and, and for a majority of a lot of people, weren't thinking this. But some people thought that Anthony Davis was better than LeBron James in that finals and should have won MVP and was better for majority of yeah, you're raising your hand. And majority I'm sorry. Of- that was me. Well, not, I didn't think he was better than LeBron. I thought he should have won finals MVP, right, right, though. Right, right, right. But, and like that last year, they have a weird year with LA. Um, Anthony Davis wasn't that great. And my God, is he getting disrespected? And it's for no reason. I love Anthony Davis. Probably one of the, probably the best or one of the best two-way players in this league. Um, and then you have LeBron James. Enough with you know, you can listen to Sully who hates on LeBron every day, or you can listen to someone who just respects the hell out of LeBron James. And I mean, he's been doing this for so long now. So LeBron James, great player. I mean, obviously Frank Vogel is going to lead this team, I think, to the finals again. That's a little preview for what we have next. Um, I mean, what am I missing? Nothing. <laughs> You're purposely missing something, I swear. About the Lakers? Yeah, you haven't brought up this one guy yet. I'm kind of shocked. Carmelo? No. How do you not know what I'm talking about? (laughs) He literally was on your team last year. Yo, was he that forgettable? (laughs) Who? Russell Westbrook? Oh, yeah, Russ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a reason I forgot. Well, of course, he's not. Look, I think you and me agree on this. We don't view that addition as greatly as, like, the media does usually. Like, I think he's fine. He does not fit that team, though. Uh, Him with LeBron is going to be so weird. I am going to go to my toilet and yak a storm <laughs> to see Russell Westbrook try and mesh as the third option on this team. Last year, yeah. as a second option, I mean, it, just, <laughs> it was it was the equivalent of horseshit. And then you can think of what it's going to be this year. Um, I yeah, I mean, I don't know why I was. I completely did forget about Russell Westbrook. So thank you for bringing that up. But don't, don't feel bad. I did too for a majority of it because it, it's just like it was bad last. Russell Westbrook. I mean, I love Russell Westbrook. I think his 2017 MVP season is filled with stat nerds saying it was overrated, which just fuck off. If you have average a triple double, that's insane <laughs> in the regard. But we flash forward four years from now, and it's like it's a completely different player. Let's just—I mean, we both can agree on that. So he's trying to play the exact same way he did in 2017, but in a completely different role. Yeah, he's playing with all-star caliber players now. In 2017, he did not play with all-star caliber players. He played with a squad full of bums after Kevin Durant left, and. 
Then he got Paul George the year after, and PG took over as the best player on that team. But let's not get it twisted. PG was an MVP candidate that year. He was. Um, I was on the PG for MVP train. I'm not. You were wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. You're flat out wrong because Giannis won the MVP like he rightfully deserved. Uh, But I'll touch on the Lakers real quick. Um, Yeah, everything Kurt said was right. I completely agree. This is an old roster that is really deep. Like, let's not get it twisted. This is a deep roster that everyone just took a massive pay cut to play for his team. And it was really tiresome to watch free agency. Literally, there was a notification about the Lakers signing someone every other week, every other hour. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker is the next coming of uh, Michael Jordan based on the Lakers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what really hinges this team's success is Russell Westbrook's fit with this team i mean they got him for pennies for a reason they got him for pennies for a reason it's because he's a bad fit in this just this all-star studded cast when you're a playoff team trying to play and make a big three he doesn't fit well if he's not the number one essentially and he's getting added in playing as a number one role to the number three role or the number two role. Like he's not going to be number one to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's just not going to happen. Right. He's been bad so far in preseason. I'm not going to put any stock in preseason though, but we'll see how it goes. But yes, everything you said about Anthony Davis is a hundred percent facts. He is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I still have no idea how he gets this much disrespect. I mean, he, he got hurt last year. Big whoop. Right. He's still incredible. Yep. Um, all right. What's your conference final? Oh, actually, your two wild wild card teams, I guess. Um, I then didn't think about this. Can you give me two seconds while you give yours? Sure. I'll go with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. I'll go with the Timberwolves and the Blazers. Okay, cool. And then conference finals, we'll do this quick because, you know, we are – it's been a while. Um, yeah, it's been a long episode. I didn't expect it to be this long. Yes, thank you for listening. So, and then we'll quickly go through awards. We'll name them all off, and if we have, like, any objections, we can kind of talk about it. Yeah, sure. Hawks um, first Nets is what I have coming out of the East. What do you um, have? The Hawks and the Nets. Kurt, wait, is that even possible? What oh, seed do you have the Hawks? I didn't really factor that into account, Samuel. Did you have the Hawks as the three? I have them at the four. I didn't think about And then that. the Nets are the the, the Nets three. are a three. No, that's possible. That's possible. Right, so you cool. have the Hawks beating the Bucks? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I mean, we we smoked them without Giannis, but okay. <laughs> I see how it is. It's it's nothing against you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Sure it isn't. Sure it isn't. Well, well, we're gonna. Come I, back. I see you're still betting on the Suns, huh? I see you're still betting on them, huh? We're gonna come back to this before this the postseason starts, and we'll see if my mind's changed. Your your mind is going to change because you're wrong. Maybe it will. just like you were in the finals, you were wrong. Yep. And then for the other side, this. Tell me if this is gonna happen. I have the Nuggets as the three seed playing the Lakers as the one seed. Yeah, that's possible. All right, cool. Um, and then I have Nets and Nuggets in the finals, Nets winning. 
Nets Nuggets. Ooh, okay. The two M. Uh, okay. So East, I have Bucks Nets. Uh, pretty boring. Um, and then in the West, I have Lakers. Oh, wait, that's not possible. Shit. You see, I didn't think about that. I had the Nuggets, but I just realized that's not possible. Would you like to change anything yet? I mean- uh, yes, I actually would. Uh, I have, I guess I have to have Nuggets Suns um, because I had the Nuggets being the Lakers in the conference finals like you did. Yeah. Um, so I guess I have Nuggets Suns and I'm going to go Nuggets over Suns and I have Bucks over Nets because I got to keep on brand and bucks and six cool all right we'll quickly go through the uh, awards like we said we won't spend too long since we are getting towards the end of the pod running a little long i'll just name everything you name everything we'll see what the biggest thing we want to talk about is mvp i have kevin durant i also have kevin durant cool nice defensive player of the year i have Giannis. i have drew okay so Bucks, that's good, you know. <laughs> Rookie of the year, I have Jalen Green. I have Cade. Cade is just musty. No, I love <laughs> Cade. I'm just a big, I'm a big Jalen over Cade guy, and we knew that come draft time. So it's a number. Coach of the year, I have Spolstra because I have him as the two seed. I think he's going to do very well with this team. I have Nate McMillan. For okay. the literally the exact same reason. Yeah. The sixth man of the year. Here's what I was talking about. Kevin Herter. I, think I knew it was going to be Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter is in for a huge season. He had a great game seven last year. I'm telling you, man, it's his time. Uh, sixth man of the year, I have Patty Mills. Okay. Uh, reason being is Kyrie Irving's not going to play half the season. So Patty Mills is going to play a shit ton of minutes. And coming off the bench, and basically he's gonna get a lot of usage as their yeah. point guard. That's so. that's that's very fair. And he's and on the nets, so that doesn't help. That helps. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, most improved, I have Kevin Porter Jr. I have OG Ananobi. Okay. I mean, I don't really have any two concerns with yours. I don't think you have any big ones with mine. Do not. So that's what we're rocking with. Everything we've said is correct. We never have said anything wrong in our entire lifetime. Um, so that's what's going to rock. And if Sully was here, it would be crazy because he would have somehow found a way to got every single prediction wrong. Like usual. Because that's what he does. Um, we miss you, Sully. You know, we do. But that's going to be it for the Highlighted Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, NBA is coming up soon. We're excited. Tuesday, we'll have Takeaway Tuesday. No Samuel, though. He'll be reporting live from Milwaukee at the uh, Bucks opening night. You know, that's he's our sideline reporter at ASC. He's going to be there on site. Um, but of course, I will be. That's yeah. that's my job here. That's my job here. I got to yep. get all the. I'm the one that looks up everything, so I have to actually be there. Exactly. And I so, can like, give a live field report on next week's next week uh friday's episode exactly so that's it thank you guys for listening until next time we'll catch you later